Blunt Post with Vic. Good morning, happy Monday, and welcome to the Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, the editor and publisher of The Blunt Post. The Blunt Post with Vic is a program that covers national, regional, and local headline news, offers analysis and commentary, and I interview members of Congress, local elected officials, and other high-profile public figures. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on The Blunt Post with Vic. Uh, Later on the show, you will hear my interview with Renee Grace Rodriguez, the new president of the Stonewall Democratic Club. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, uh, in the studio with my producer, Ricky Herrera. Good Monday morning, Ricky. Hey, good morning, Vic. How are you, man? I am well. I'm well. All is good, but not not, not for everybody. I was just reading about uh, Libya. You know, 11,000 people reported dead. Um, Just a devastated nation. Um, It's it just looks like a. Well, it is a disaster zone. And uh, what keeps popping in my head is just climate change, climate change. And uh, nonetheless, we still have people who don't believe in climate change and and global warming and all of that. So uh, I don't know how you could explain what happened, you know, and, and things are happening all over the place, obviously. I mean, some Scandinavian nations are experiencing flooding uh, that are unprecedented. Yeah, so Libya is, uh, you know, just an awful situation there. And uh, things change, reporting changes every hour as as they recover more people. Yeah, so many blank heads who just refuse to accept climate change. Uh, yeah, these deadly floods are catastrophic, uh, tragic. Everyone at KPFK, I'm sure everyone listening to our hearts are with Libya. Absolutely. We have we have uh, another disaster here at home. The name is Trump. Uh, that just keeps on going. You know, I mean, obviously, with, with everything that's going on, he still is determined to run for president, or he is running for president. So I believe you've been sort of uh, developing a story about that with the whole Fourteenth Amendment. I am just reiterating uh, the smart people, but. <laughs> Yeah, last week we talked about uh, an advocacy group in Colorado who are using citing the 14th Amendment and doing everything in their power to block Trump uh, for running for president in 2024. So a quick update on that story. Election officials in some key states, uh, they late last week, they rejected uh, unilaterally to remove the former president, Donald Trump, from the 2024 ballot. And they are saying that courts uh, should decide this and the courts will be deciding if he is basically disqualified for running for president because of the insurrectionist ban, the 14th Amendment cites. (laughs) It's crazy to think that the amendment in the Constitution has this and it's it's being used. I mean, I'm glad the amendment is there uh, for obvious reasons, uh, particularly back when the constitution was written the country was wasn't as uh uniformed and wasn't as sophisticated sophisticated and uh it wasn't complete the way it's complete today but it's just so bizarre that this is even being talked about yeah i think the whole thing is bizarre i just can't fathom anyone else uh having been impeached twice having been um indicted four times 
would still be running for president. Um, it's just the, uh, I don't know. It's it's Shakespeare. It's uh, it's a farce. But uh, anyway, we have some um, good stuff coming up. I'm a big labor advocate, and you know, I was really excited when uh, under the leadership of uh, West Hollywood Mayor Seppi Shine, West Hollywood passed the highest minimum wage in the nation, and now we have this bill that would pay fast food workers uh, $20 an hour in California. Yeah, well, there is uh, some minutia. It's not every fast food correct uh, change. So it's called the California Fast Food Bill. And if uh, your fast food franchise has more than 60 locations nationwide, under this bill, you will have to pay employees $20 an hour. That will be the floor. Um, so anyways, Governor Gavin Newsom promised to uh, sign this bill into law. So he's on board. But the latest news on this is that there is some uh, blowback from a McDonald's franchise group who is saying that the new California fast food bill will cause a devastating financial blow, uh, which is complete blow s. Like $20 an hour is not that much money. And the fact that these groups are using these buzzwords like devastating and financial blow is just stupid. Financial blow would be to the franchise owners and executives who take home uh, seven-figure incomes, and maybe they won't be able to buy a new yacht this year or uh, get a new kitchen. I mean, that that's their blow. That's the blow to them. When uh, the blow to average workers that even when $20 an hour, uh, someone working full-time can't afford a one-bedroom apartment in LA County uh, with the median price of a one-bedroom apartment being about 2100 and that's just rent. So, um, And $20 an hour, a $20 an hour floor probably won't change that for fast food workers. I mean, it's a step in the right direction, but the point I want to make is how there are just these detached thinkers out there, these so-called employers you know uh, i look at them more as just uh, bad people you know you're supposed to look up to your employer trust your employer you know there, there should be positive connotations connected with the word employer whatever yeah but you know you know how it is corporations watch out for their executives and their shareholders and this is going to come around dude i mean i don't eat mcdonald's but everyone eating mcdonald's they're going to feel this you know, I'm I'm sure in a year the Big Mac will be a dollar more. I mean, all this will will come around. They're going to get their money eventually. Uh, of course, of course, they're they're the cut is never from them. The cut is always from people at the at the bottom, the front lines. So no, I'm glad I'm glad this is happening, and I, I and I hope it passes and it gets signed. Well, Ricky, before we go to Renee Grace Rodriguez, uh, I was I was just reading several stories that were all related to the Me Too movement. And it made me feel good that the movement is still there and it it hasn't lost momentum and people are still coming forward. And it's and and it's still a pressing uh, thing in our in our society and our consciousness. Um now I don't have a specific opinion about these two things I'm about to mention. Um, although in terms of Danny Masterson, I think the courts have spoken. 
He was uh, found guilty. He was uh, sentenced to 30 plus years in uh, prison. Uh, but then there's there's allegations against Russell Brand, and I don't have I don't have any opinion about that because I'm not familiar with it. However, what I like what I like seeing is that people are still coming forward. That these uh, I think there were four women that came forward with allegations against Russell Brand. The fact that they came forward, the courage they show, I think that's um, that's really important. And the fact that Ashton Kutcher um, took heat for writing a letter asking the judge for leniency for Danny Masterson's uh, sentencing. And, you know, he didn't get a good reception about that. And he had to resign as the chairman of the board from uh, a child uh, sex trafficking organization. That, again, is a good sign that we, you know, we're not treating the Me Too movement like we treat a lot of other stuff where we sort of bring it up. We are all sort of invested in it and then we just sort of like forget it and it just passes um so that that to me is a really good thing that this is this is still an issue that people are addressing and, and people are feeling empowered to come forward yeah it's great uh i can't help to think about before the me too movement and uh, particularly in, in that industry trying to climb your way to the top just everything that was suppressed that we aren't hearing about. Uh, I can only imagine, but we look into the future and uh, you mentioned Russell Brand. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, he is a famous comedian slash actor. Over the weekend, uh, he was, uh, allegations came out that he sexually abused four women. Uh, they have come forward. I don't think this is ever going away, Vic. Good. People have voice now people have always had a voice but the country uh, is is finally embracing you know the the right thing doing the right thing and not silencing the victims yeah so bravo so yeah you got some interviews coming up uh, we're going to take a break right now i just wanted to say really quick kpfk is a listener sponsored radio station so you can always go to kpfk.org and make a donation. And you can always listen to uh, past shows, KPFK Archives. The last month, Vic has had some pretty uh, stellar interviews. So if you missed any of that, please go to kpfk.org and check out the archives. Yeah, Vic, so you have an interview coming up that's very informative and just a great listen. So listeners, stick around for that interview. It's going to be coming up right after this break. Yes, it's a uh... It's actually the first interview that Rene Rodriguez has given since becoming the president of the Stonewall Democratic Club. Uh, Stonewall Democratic Club, for those of you who don't know, is the most prominent and leading LGBTQ political advocacy organization. And Rene is the new president. So I'm really excited for this interview. Stay tuned. Donating your car or boat is an excellent way to help KPFK stay alive and on air. All you have to do is call 877-KPFK-AUTO. That's 877-KPFK-AUTO, and we'll take care of everything. The Blunt Post with Vic. Renee Grace Rodriguez is an attorney, an activist, and a community organizer, and now the new president of the nation's leading LGBTQ political advocacy organization, the Stonewall Democratic Club. Good morning, Renee, and thank you for being on The Blunt Post with Vic this morning. How are you today? 
I am so excited to be here today and speak to you and your viewers. Likewise. First, congratulations on being the, the new president of the Stonewall Democratic Club, uh, the nation's leading uh, and most prominent LGBTQ political advocacy organization. I hope I did that uh, justice. Well, more than enough, we, we are arm, locked arm in arm with many Stonewall clubs throughout the country, along with Equality California and many others that are organizing and uniting um, to protect our rights and the rights of the disenfranchised in our community. Indeed. What does this uh, mean to you personally to, to have the faith of your colleagues and your peers and the queer community to be elected as the new president to lead this um, leading organization? Well, I have to say, first of all, it's I, it's a responsibility that I take very, very seriously. Um, 2024 is going to be a big year for us, and we have to win that cult, this culture war that's against us right now um, immediately. We have to squash it. And as one of the leading organizations, there's a lot we need to do to mobilize and work, not just within our own community, but also mobilizing our allies and showing them how to be the best allies to us. And so it's something that I take very seriously. I have a strong background in Chamber of Commerce, which is typically known as a pretty conservative um, organ conservative organizations. However, in terms of putting together events and fundraisers and, and having strategic planning, um, I have a lot of good skills that have come over from the chamber that I'm bringing into Stonewall and to help lead a diverse group of, of activists into uh, fighting this battle that we need to fight. So it's also something that's quite humbling to me. Um, never in my wildest imagination would I've ever imagined myself being president of Stonewall ever. Um, and so it's just, I am, I'm humbled and I, I'm, it's an honor and a privilege and, and I hope to do a very good job. Uh, indeed. And for those listening, that you are an attorney by trade. You're an attorney that does uh, uh, state planning um, and other things here um, in L.A. Uh, and that's your background. So that's that's another um, strength that you have aside from chambers of commerce, as well as your activism. I was going to say, let me speak to that for a minute, that one of the things that you should you should know about me. First of all, I didn't go to an ABA school. I didn't come from a background of attorneys. In fact, I had started my own business being just a process server and being just um, doing some basic paralegal work for a while. And eventually I got it in my head that, wow, I'd really like to go to law school one day. And basically I put myself through law school and I paid a huge price for that. The student loan debt that's subsidized by the federal government today is is one that none of the banks want ever forgiven in any way, shape or form, even though I've paid twice the amount of principal that I've borrowed in terms of interest has been compounded over the years. I've never been able to pay it off because I just haven't had the income to do it. And I'll point out to that effect is that when I became an attorney and I like to brag about this. I, I passed the bar, the California bar the first time and that I'm still in shock. I, 25 years later, I don't know how that happened, but I did. I passed it the first time and I basically took my paralegal sign and I turned it over and said, our grace at law. So I never had a, 
never had a, a, a law firm that I worked under tutelage or anything like that. I'm just a scrapper doing litigation, real estate, landlord tenant law. We've been very successful. I'm located in Chatsworth, California, and I love what I do. But I'll tell you what, Vic, I love activism even more. And, and it shows both cases. It, it definitely shows. Um, yeah, thank you for that. If you're just joining us, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. We are always here on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and I'm actually doing an interview with Renee Rodriguez, the new president of the Stonewall Democratic Club. So let's go back to um, Stonewall. Yes. Uh, in In terms of the positioning of Stonewall, uh, in this almost election year, important election year, uh, where are you at, uh, and what's your perspective on the current status of of all of this? Well, I think one of the things that that we should take a look at proceeding coming into um, coming into this time frame is that we have been. Um, more and more people are realizing in terms of the two political parties that sometimes there's areas of interest that they're kind of like opposite sides of the same coin in terms of they're protecting the same interest, corporate interest and wealth that's out there. And first time, sometimes Democratic clubs become basically the the little army for the same corporate Democratic policies and principles, and they support the same candidates that do that. But what's been happening, and you've seen it in the Republican Party, but it hasn't been very successful where we have a whole different kind of Republican taking over now in terms of MAGA, uh, Christian nationalism, those sorts of things going on. And But we're seeing the same kind of thing happen in Stonewall and in the Democratic Party, that we are moving to a much greater awareness about this, um, the role money and finance plays into politics and how it influences people. And more and more people like myself are getting on board and saying, wait a minute, if we're going to get taxed, then we should be able to use that money to benefit people and not bail out corporate America every time they have a difficulty. There is no trickle down. It doesn't trickle down to us. And as a result of that, that important influence impacted Stonewall because that became a changing of the guard in Stonewall. For the longest time, Stonewall supported the same old democratic policies that were there. And we had lost our way a bit in our terms of our act activist roots in terms of how we were always on the leading edge, cutting edge, pr- pr- uh, pushing for progressive policies and policies that benefited our community, but not just our community, because it's not just LGBTQ people that are marginalized. It's also people that are poor, because we make up a big part of that, you know, a, cal- a class of people that we don't have a lot of wealth. And we want to be able to move to a position that if we're going to have government in, you know, in our lives, our government should be serving us. We are, we, the people should be served by it. So in in that revolution, I got caught up in that revolution with our prior president, Alex Mahajer, amazing individual running for Senate. Please vote for him in, Orange, in, yes. in Irvine. He's an amazing individual. And he helped me to grow in ways I never imagined. He challenged me to say, we can do this. We can change the system if we unite and work together. And that's what has happened. Stonewall, under his tutelage, has become the most diverse I've ever seen in terms of its leadership. 
its policies have become more progressive and we're fighting harder than ever now within the Democratic Party to do the right thing, to stand by people. And we're gaining traction. There is such a movement of progressivism within the Democratic Party that um, it's growing, it's surging, and that's leading us right up to what going on in the rest of this country and what we're headed into in 2024 because people are starting to wake up and say hey wait a minute you know corporate america can pay the democratic party and the republican party wherever they are and get whatever they want but at the end of the day if we don't have candidates that are loyal to people and we don't support those candidates and we don't get busy being out there canvassing talking to one another then that's not going to happen. And what I'm saying is we are positioned, Stonewall is very well positioned because of the change that we've had, that we've undergone. We have in this um, this season, we have six vice presidents and we have me as the as the president. Four of us are women. And that's a that's pretty much a historic first. And of those women, three of us are people of color. You know, so we have such a diverse perspective within the community and we are willing to fight hard because we've all experienced what disenfranchisement looks like. So we're all very, very passionate, but we're also very pragmatic as well, because we realize you can't push people faster than they can go. And so we're very much about how do we partner? How do we build bridges to the people that share our values and what people don't realize? There's really a lot of people that are disenfranchised from both political parties who really share our values. I mean, you look across America, nobody would argue with you that in the richest and greatest country that may have ever existed, that there should never be somebody who's hungry. In fact, there's, there's no reason anybody should be unhoused. Absolutely none. But yet we have, you know, what, eight, six or seven, eight billion uh, billionaires running around the country flying to the moon while people are starving. Come on now. Yeah. And not having places to live. And not only that, but education, health care, all of that. People are so concerned that it's going to arrive, you know, at the hands of a socialist government. But nobody's saying that. I'm a staunch capitalist. I'm sorry, my progressive friends may not like that, but I am very much a capitalist and an entrepreneur. I realize that some of us live the entrepreneur spirit. That's what I am. I like creating a business. I like making money. I like doing those things. But you know what I turn around and use that money for? I spend it on my community. I spend it on getting candidates elected who are going to continue to support the community. Because when you we are entrusted with wealth, that wealth can't just be used for us. It's got to be it, we have to do on a voluntary level share. And how we do that, we give people good paying jobs. We give people um, opportunities that that they have in terms of supporting them for education and the rest of it. So I think those are some of the important dynamics that need to be paid attention to about what's changing and how exciting it is because Stonewall is positioned to push those candidates that are going to work on behalf of the people. And we're going to keep our democratic republic. We have a democratic republic with a capitalist um, economic system and capitalism left unrestrained is a disaster. It is an unmitigated disaster. But capitalism, small business, medium business, where the monopolies are truly put in check, where people have opportunity to compete and to be creative and inventive, guess what? That's been the best system that has ever existed on this planet. It gives everybody opportunity to be where they want to be, in my opinion, of course. Wow. That was uh, that was truly incredible. You made so many good points, uh, such a dense uh, answer. 
If you're just joining us, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. We are always here on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. Uh, I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and I'm actually doing an interview with Renee Rodriguez, the new president of the Stonewall Democratic Club. So many things stood out, but one of the most important things that I I really like that you mentioned is this, that, that even some of us who are from oppressed uh, minorities, you know, in, in this case, LGBTQ, uh, sometimes can sort of get caught up in the machine and sort of, um, for the lack of a better word, sell out to the establishment. Uh, and that includes the democratic establishment. Um, I know that, well, I guess I'm just going to say it, you know, uh, I, I used to be such a big fan of GLAD, which used to stand for Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation. Uh, it, it stands for something else now, but, which is great because they had to incorporate LGBTQ. Um, either way, it was an organization that really called out uh, media companies, studios, networks uh, that disparaged the LGBTQ community when we were portrayed in negative light, etc. And then they started their strategic partnerships with big corporate names like MSNBC and you know, NBC Universal and such. And I saw such a decline in uh, openness uh, to call out some of these people uh, the way they used to, because now they were sort of uh, obliged to play the game and play the politics of respectability because of these things. And I'm so glad that, you know, you're at the helm of Stonewall. And that's something that's clearly clearly in your consciousness that, you know, sometimes with best intentions, we can get caught up in in people pleasing or um, sort of not realizing that we can slowly also turn into the machine and the establishment. Well, to interrupt you just a little bit, I want to just say this is that understand the establishment that's there now. Okay. These are people that were formerly disenfranchised and who worked very hard to organize. They worked hard and long to organize and get into power where they are. And the difficulty becomes is that once you get into power, there's a sense of relief that comes like, oh, okay, now we're going to be okay. But the thing is, is that the work of organizing hasn't ended. It never ends. Every generation has to be reintroduced into how important it is to participate in our in our government, to participate in politics and the rest of it. And that work never ends, but it's exhausting work. And so people do get exhausted. So isn't it easier when a big union or and not to disparage all unions, there's some good unions out there. But when a big union or a high dollar corporate partner comes along and says, don't spend all that time canvassing, knocking on doors and talking to people. That's too much energy. You need to be doing your legislative work and your policy work. I'm going to write you a big fat check so that you don't have to work that hard. It becomes it's like, wow, I get a break. Right. You know what I mean? Um you get that little bit of a break and it becomes very seductive. All of a sudden, it's not so hard to keep your power that you worked so hard for. And then at the same time, the people that gave you that, that are starting to support you to stay in power are becoming the very people that you need to call out and you feel like you can't because you're indebted to them, right? So you're, you feel like you're indebted to them. So this is some of the issues that we all face. 
I think that there has to be a higher purpose to avoid that seduction. In my case, the higher purpose was is I was formerly homeless. I was a drug addict, alcoholic, and a mess before I ever became an attorney. And I got sober. And when I got sober, I'm celebrating 29 years this year. Thank God. Thank God I'm sober. Thank you very much. And in doing that, I know that my focus has to stay. If I want to stay sober, my focus has to stay truly on the people and speaking truth and always speaking truth to power. And I have to trust that as long as I'm speaking truth to power, everything will turn out exactly the way it's supposed to. It may turn out that I have no power, that I'm removed from office. But so far, all the work I've done calling out and calling people in, out and guess what? Now I ended up as president of Stonewall. I still don't know how that happened, but it did. But it it has to come because I'm doing the work from the heart. And that's what I see. More and more candidates are coming forward to do the work from the heart. And we need to support them and give them love and support and make sure that we give them as much protection as we can from that seduction of power that comes because power, absolute power corrupts or corrupt something. I think that's the phrase that, that they use. And it's like, and we have to remember to show up for each other. So when we all start showing up, we're all doing the canvassing, we're all doing the phone banking, we're all showing up to vote, we're all engaging with other members of the community, and we're all participating. Guess what? It's light work for many hands, like Kevin Costner said in, the, in Dancing with Wolves, light work for many hands. So I, I think that's the important thing right there. And it is seductive. And But just remember that establishment, they were once us. So once we move into that position, let's remember that. So that way we can keep lifting people up from the generations behind us and bring them forward and know that they have a place in power. One of the things that I'm always telling the establishment is to say, look, shared power is power squared. And a lot of people think that once they acquire the power, they don't need to share it. That's wrong. The minute you get the power, you need to start giving it away so that other people can come up the ranks with you so that we can build a shared powered community so that we can all benefit. And that's where we are now starting to teach the establishment folks that are there. Some of them that come from that establishment background are starting to see. We learned in Karen Bass's election for, for mayor of Los Angeles, Caruso spent $110 million dollars. Bass spared, spent $10 million. Money didn't buy that election. Values did. Right. And while Karen Bass is maybe not the most perfect candidate that I would have wanted at the end of the day, she is the one that gets it as far as the values of, of putting people first. And she do, she tries to do that in every way that she can. And But sometimes the political establishment doesn't always let you do what you want to accomplish, but you got to keep fighting for it. That's what it comes down to. If you're just joining us, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. We are always here on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and I'm actually doing an interview with Renee Rodriguez, the new president of the Stonewall Democratic Club. But before we get back to the interview, I want to remind you that we are in pledge drive We are asking for donations so that we can keep uh, the lights on, the station going, and to bring you the kind of information, entertainment that you're accustomed to. Uh, So please help us out, as you always have, uh, by calling 818-985-5735. That's 818-985-KPFK. Or go online, 
to kpfk.org. Uh, you can choose to receive an incentive, uh, a gift, if you will, or just uh, or just make a donation. Again, that number is 818-985-5735 or go to kpfk.org. Thank you. Yeah, Vic, let me just jump in here. Uh, I just want to say that our, our listeners are an essential part of this radio station. Um, our listeners provide the funding that keeps us on the air. The news, the arts, the music, everything that KPFK offers is surrounding our listeners, and it's because of our listeners. Please call 818-985-5735 or go to kpfk.org to make a pledge online and keep KPFK thriving and keep us on the air. Uh, we can't do this without you. Uh, I am your host, Vic Jaramie, and I'm actually doing an interview with Rene Rodriguez, the new president of the Stonewall Democratic Club. Here's my big question, I guess. Going into uh, this election year, after several years of the right, basically chipping away at some of our hard uh, earned rights as an LGBTQ community, you know, we have a lot to tackle. We have a lot to to deal with. Some of it is just uh, basically undoing uh, the harm, and some of it is just pushing pushing for our rights uh, because it's not over yet. What's your focus as the president of Stonewall and some of the top challenges uh, going into next year? Well, I think some of the challenges, the most important challenges that we face is maintaining our focus and creating a specific, definite plan of action over these next two years of what we will focus on. Um, our our board is going to have a retreat coming up in a couple of weeks, and it's not for me to say what our focus should be. It's going to be for the entire board. And we're going to come together as a team to collaborate and find out where can we most focus. Um, some of the places I'm hoping that we will most focus is we are working on our um, on trying to regain the House and eight of the congressional districts that are vulnerable to being flipped are right here in California. So there's a lot that Stonewall can do right here in California. So what it is, is we really have to motivate our membership and our allies to please come out and let's support these events. Um, there's an, there's important ways you can get information. If you're a member of Stonewall, or even if you're just on our mailing list, you can get our weekly Stonewall agenda. And we tell you what kinds of things you can do, even little things. Because one of the things I recognize, and this is what I'm bringing to Stonewall, is that when you're working full time, and sometimes you even have to have two jobs to survive in this economy, and you're trying to raise a family, there's not a lot of extra time left over to participate in the political world. And that's what I'm working on with Stonewall is to make um, actions, political actions that are effective, that don't demand a lot of time or money, that it's just little actions that we can take um, by organizing relationally, talking to our friends and family, Forget the taboo that we shouldn't talk about politics and religion. Now, more than ever, we need to talk about politics. And in some cases, we may need to talk about religion. And we have to learn how to communicate and have those discussions with, with each other in our family. How do we come to a place and say, you know what, we actually do share values. We may not agree on the process of getting there, but we do share common values that I've expressed previously. And um, I think we're uh, very much positioned in Stonewall 
to model that behavior. We are learning how to talk to one another. We went recently, our board has attended a very important um, diversity, equity, and inclusion training um, to help us unmask those areas that we're all that we all have internalized being Americans of what supremacy sometimes looks like about us trying to be better than other people based on our, our physical characteristics rather than being competitive in a way that's healthy. So I think those are some of the things that we're going to model in Stonewall. We're going to create opportunities for more people to take a smaller bite at the apple with more of us biting at that apple. We'll get this, or what they say, the elephant. We're going to eat the elephant one bite uh -huh. at a time. Well, this is how we do it, right? We yeah. get more people involved and we nibble, 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 nibble and don't give up. So I'm not sure where the focus will be because we're being attacked on all fronts at the school level. Um, you know, the they were being accused of Republican indoctrination. We're being uh, accused of women being immor immoral. We're being accused of LGBTQ people should be not be seen or heard from. I mean, there's just a lot out there. But by us being visible in every space possible, and that's the one thing that Stonewall will specialize in is we want to build out and train more leaders. We want to teach more of our members how to run for office, how to get appointed to committees, how do you serve on a school board, how do you start to raise your community's awareness about the fact that you are a heart-centered person who's ready to serve the community in a positive way so that money doesn't become the limitation of keeping people out of office that need to be in office to serve us. Indeed. Renee, you mentioned about... Uh those listening that they can get updates from Stonewall, how can they do that? So if you'll go to our website, www.stonewalldems.org, you'll see buttons on there where you can click support, volunteer, you can join. Um, we have uh, income sensitive rates for people that if you don't have a lot of money and you still want to be a member, please do. And one of the things that were important things we're doing to create, uh, to keep accessibility for all people in to our meetings is we are keeping our main general meetings online. We will keep them on Zoom so that way people can participate from anywhere they, they need to come from. They don't have to travel all the way to West Hollywood to make that happen. So that's a great benefit that came to us out of COVID. But one of the other things we're doing now is we're expanding our social network in terms of organizing more events throughout the county so that we can have in-person connections because in-person is where we build trust. It's where we build relationships. And that's the most important thing right now is building those relationships, increasing trust among us that we know. And this is the most important value of all that I'll leave your listeners with that we must begin to think as a community that we want good for everybody else around us as much as we want it for our own. I want every kid around me to have great education. I want people to be housed. I want, even if people, if you know, and we got to get rid of this mentality about people that deserve healthcare, that deserve housing, that deserve people that work hard are not the only people that deserve that. Every human being should deserve it because you never know what that person's going through in terms of mental health issues. You don't know what resources they were born with or didn't have when they grew up. We don't know. And we shouldn't be judging that way. The way we should recognize is that we are human beings and every human being is represents potential. Isn't that what the Re Republican army tries to bring home about why abortion should be illegal? Because every single one of those lives are important. Well, right here, I do believe just like they do that every one of our lives 
lives is important to this extent that says, you know what, when we're already born, every single one of us needs to be taken care of, that we have to find a way to take care of each other. And I hope that people will begin to think about that. Remember when we say Semper Fi or when we say leave no person behind, what happened to that? Now we're so focused on who deserves what and who doesn't that we're destroying ourselves. And that has to change. So please come back to your heart. Come back to community that says, you know what? I want good for you as much as I want it for my own. I like that. Thank you for that. Uh, Renee, before we go, is there a question I should have asked that I missed or something you want to add? Um, you know, there's something I love to brag about. One thing I love to brag about all the time. Please. You didn't ask me what, what I did for fun. What do you do for fun, Renee? I ride motorcycles. Oh, that's right. Of course. And I love riding them very long distance. I have two um, what they call uh, iron butt awards where I've driven on my motorcycle a thousand miles or more in one 24 hour period. Wow. And I love to ride and anybody wants to go for a ride, feel free to give me a call. Be careful, Renee. You're going to have a lot of emails in your inbox. Uh -oh. um, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, Renee, thank you so much for um, being on the show, for sharing all this just incredible information. And I hope those listening who are interested would go to your website, which is uh, stonewalldams.org. Uh, yes. Find out more info, so sign up for a newsletter, et cetera. And um, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk uh, as months go by and we get closer to uh, the election. And uh, I shouldn't say good luck to you because you don't need it, but good luck. We, we could all use a little bit of luck, right? True. True. All thank right. You, well, Vic, thank, thank you for having me. It's an honor and a privilege. I do appreciate you um, doing the work that you're doing to introduce the community to the work that Stonewall is doing. And um, we'd love to work with you some more. Likewise. Thanks, Renee. Thank you, Renee, for um, for being on the show this morning, for the wealth of information uh, you gave us. Uh, you don't need luck, but good luck uh, with Stonewall Democratic Club. Uh, I'm sure we'll be talking and uh, I'd love to have you back on soon. Before we go, I'd like to thank my producer, Ricky Herrera, without whom this show would not be possible. And KPFK, the station that brings you unfiltered and commercial free news, opinion, and hopefully some inspiration. Thank you for joining me today on The Blunt Post with Vic. For more information, please visit thebluntpost.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vic Jarami, at V-I-C-G-E-R-A-M-I. -E Thank you. The Blunt Post with Vic.